all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Let's go to work. I'm excited about this word. Let's go. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. God, the atmosphere is already ready. So now I just need you to drop seed in the womb that is ready. Drop seed in the soil that is ready. Your word is life. That means it's seed. Your word is bread. That means it's sustenance. Your word is a sword. That means it makes us better. So tonight, God, we say do what you do when you do how you do when you do it because you do all things so well. And we're ready in Jesus' name. Shout, I'm ready. Let's go right to work. So, guys, you know we've been in our series to learn what Jesus gives us after salvation, which is called the kingdom. Luke 17, 21 says the kingdom of God, watch me, it's not there or there, but it's in you. God's kingdom is not like a natural kingdom where it is geographically limited. God's kingdom is in his people. So wherever his people are, his kingdom is, which is why you have literally been sent and dispatched to the earth to spread his kingdom wherever you go. You were not sent to mimic the world. You were sent to change the world. I come against you trying to fit in with what you're supposed to change. You are not just supposed to look at other famous people and say, ooh, look at them. Let me mimic myself after them. No, you need to live in such a way that they look at us and say, I want to live my life like them. The kingdom has three basic components. The first is becoming who God says we are and possessing what God said we can. And I've been saying to you week after week, you are becoming. You are not quite who you are becoming, but you're not quite who you used to be. In fact, I need you to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's proof you're still manifesting. The moment you're comfortable, you need to check your walk with God because it's off. 
I'll say it again. The moment you are comfortable, something is off because that means you're no longer becoming. Instead, you've became. And if you became, that means you're no longer evolving. If you're no longer evolving, that means you no longer need a pulse because God's plan evidently is not working for you. I need for everybody in this building and everybody online where you are uncomfortable in some areas of your life to worship God for three seconds. Why? Because that proves you're still manifesting. Go. Three. Two. Go. Still manifesting. Still manifesting. Still manifesting. Still manifesting. Somebody say, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. So you're becoming. So that, that, that is perpetual. You will always be becoming. Listen, you will always be in process. Listen, you will always be growing. Listen, you will never ever be able to settle in and say, I'm done. The moment that happens, that means there's no longer reason for you to be on the earth. Say, I'm becoming. And when you become who he says you should be, you possess what God says you can. The second attribute of the kingdom is God's MO. It's just modus operandi. It's how God does what he does, and he does all things well. Thirdly, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. And I've taught you this. I've drilled it week after week that that's very practical. On Friday Night Fire, I'm going to introduce you to the fourth attribute of heaven and the earth because in this series, I only focused on three. I focused on righteousness, peace, and joy. The fourth one, let me just give you spoiler alert, the fourth one is fire. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, you're supposed to be setting stuff on fire. What does that mean? It can never go back to being what it used to. <laughs> All right? Heaven's attributes in the earth. So I've taught you this. We've drilled it. So I'm just recalling it tonight. Uh, Romans 14, 17. Uh, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness means right with God, right to God, and good character. Which means it's not enough for God for you to just talk the talk. You need to actually walk the walk. And good character isn't perfect character. Good character says that when I mess up, I clean it up. Listen, I, listen, listen, listen. Your witness is flawed if you've got a, watch me, a history full of bodies that you never fixed. What do you mean? If your only story is that you have messed up, messed up, messed up, but never cleaned up anything that you messed up, I'm going to tell you those days have come to their conclusion in your life. Because here's the kingdom. Yes, I did make a mistake, but I fixed it. Yes, I did mess up, but I got it right. You know what? I shouldn't have said that, but I called and fixed that. I shouldn't have acted that way, but I apologize. I need you to elbow somebody and say, I'm growing, I'm growing. And I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. What? My character's on fleet, baby. My character's on a whole nother level. Being a Christian does not mean perfect character. Being a Christian means that when I mess up, I fix it up. You are going to make mistakes. How many people you made mistakes today? I did. How many people you probably said something you probably shouldn't have said today? Right? How many of you thought something you know you had no business thinking today? See, righteousness doesn't mean that you don't do that. Righteousness means that you do that less. We are not sinless. We just sin less. And when we do make a mistake, here's good character, here's righteousness, we fix it. I come against the spirit of pride that keeps you from fixing what you know you did wrong. Matter of fact, I call in the spirit, everybody who their pride won't let them fix with you, what they did wrong to you. I call in some apologies. I call in some apologies. 
I called in some people saying, I need to get right how I treated you, how I acted with you. I just heard the Holy Ghost 13 years ago. Whatever they did, you're about to get an apology for it. Here it is, before the end of July. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. You weren't even thinking about it. You weren't even worried about it. But God says, I'm not going to let them do my people wrong and get away with it. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace is that Hebrew word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all of it. If you don't know nothing else, if you've been to Harvest once, you ought to know shalom. Right? But shalom is bigger than just peace. And watch me. And peace is misleading. What do you mean, Bishop? Because... It is not that what you go through is peaceful. He just gives you peace while you're in it. Some of you keep saying it's not God because it's not peaceful. And God says, no, uh-uh, you don't even understand how it works. Watch me. I will be asleep in the middle of the boat, in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the storm. I had peace about the storm. You the one tripping. In other words, it doesn't really matter what's going on around me. You'll be able to walk through it, watch me, and be shocked at how well you handle it. Mm -mm. Some of you, you're about to face some stuff you face uh, that's similar. It's not the same. And watch me, here's what you're going to be excited about. That you're not going to handle this the way you handled it last time. You're not going to handle this the way. You're going to have so much peace in you that you're going to say, I'm shocked at myself. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. And I've been saying to you in this series, and if you look at your life and you say, you know what, Bishop, it feels like there's some areas where something is missing or something is lacking. What have I said to you? Go back and count again. Do you remember the first story that I gave you? Two fish, five loaves of bread. They said to the Lord, Lord, there are thousands of people here. You want us to feed them. In fact, they said, send them away. Watch me. You, need, you know that you need to adjust when people try to shift blame. Some of you, you need to make some adjustments in who and what is around you because they're not helping you solve problems. They're helping you shift blame. <laughs> they tried to shift blame, and when they shifted blame, Jesus said, no, 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 you feed them. They said, well, all we have is two fish and five loaves of bread, and watch this, Jesus. What we have isn't even ours. We have to borrow it from a little boy. In other words, watch me. Never sleep on what you think is small because in the hands of Jesus, small becomes great. And for some of you, watch me, you didn't have anything but, but an idea. But that idea is about to take you into seven figures. Look at me like that if you want to. You didn't have anything but hope. But hope is about to get your whole family saved. You didn't have anything but something small. But God's about to take something small and turn it into something. That's why Job says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Your ladder will be greater. He said, Job, you have to start small, but he says, but you're going to get big. Because mm, mm, mm. when you can manage small well, you can be trusted with big. Watch me, because it's the same type of problem, small, that you will face with big, but you have to be bigger when you get bigger. Mm. I, so two fish, five loaves of bread. <clears throat> they say, Lord, you know, we do not have enough. We do not have enough to feed them. We do not have enough to feed these people, send them away. Jesus says, no, you feed them. Watch me. Some of you keep saying to the Lord, Lord, this isn't enough. I don't have what I need. I need this. I need that. Lord, when are you going to do this? Here it is. Lord, when are you going to help me? Lord, I feel like I'm out here by myself. I feel like there is no help. <clears throat> I feel like 
I don't have the resources that I need. And Lord, I need you to step in. Two fish and five loaves of bread. Uh, he says, watch me. You're going to get two. Two is the number of witness. Five is the number of grace. Check this out. He says, everything that you need, you watch me, you're about to witness grace manifest in your life. In other words, you need to count it again. Can I go further? Since we're about to end the seventh month of 2021, two and five is seven. Seven means complete. Let me say it another way. Seven is the biblical number of shalom. Let me say it another way. Two and five, you have everything that you. That's why there's, God has allowed some things to happen before this month ended. And you were like, God, why is this happening? Because he's trying to show you, you have everything that you need already say everything i need i already have say i am shalom elbow somebody say you are shalom tell them on this road there is no lack come on facebook come on youtube say on this road there is no deficit Why did I have you to tell your role? Because the disciples, watch me, they didn't have it, but there was somebody around them that did. Which means, watch me, you may not have it, but God got somebody on your road that... God's got somebody streaming with you. He's got somebody praying with you. He's got somebody... Shout, I am Shalom. Here it is, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Say it again. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well, all right? So, so righteousness, peace, and joy. And I taught you that joy in Greek, it has two meanings, to be glad and great. You choose your emotions. This is difficult because it's easy to be a regular human and give in to a negative emotion. And if you watch last night's preview, if you don't watch the previews, I don't know what you're doing, but it's on you. It's on you. My job as a shepherd is to chop the food up and serve it. If you don't eat, that's on you. But you can't say it wasn't a hot meal. And you can't say that the meal wasn't good. And you can't say that the meal wasn't fresh. And you can't say that the meal wasn't seasoned well. Oh, no. I may not cook in the kitchen, but I know how to cook up here. Yeah, yeah. You might not need to eat my lunch naturally, but I, I got you. I can serve up the bread of life. I can serve that up. <laughs> actually, I've been cooking lately, and it actually has been very good. Everybody's talking about it. I mean, literally, it's all over. It's on Pinterest. It's on, it's on. <laughs> Praise him. I, I, I had a goal, so I had to cook to meet the goal. And so today is the last day of that goal. So I, I, I do my final weigh-ins tonight after church. So I'm starting, I'm starting low, but it's about to be aerobics church. It's about to be, give a praise, give a praise, give a praise, give a praise. It's about to be Tabo church. I got to make sure I hit my numbers. Listen, okay. To be glad and great, you pick your emotions. You pick your emotions. And so last night I taught uh, on the preview that every negative human emotion comes from an unmet expectation. If you're sad, you're sad because somebody didn't meet the expectation. If you're angry, you're angry because somebody didn't meet the expectation. So one of the ways that you can watch me, that you can get control over your emotions is to learn how to properly set expectations. You are expecting million-dollar performance from, watch me, from $10 people. 
Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me right now. You are expecting great consistency from people who aren't even consistent to themselves. Watch me. You're getting upset that somebody doesn't like you, not realizing most people struggle to like themselves. I should not be offended that you got an issue with me when most people got issues with themselves. I I can't take your issue with me and make that my issue with myself. How about you come up? But the air's thin up here. Elbow somebody say, I'm not coming down. Say, make everybody come up. So sometimes to choose your emotion, you ha- it starts with your expectation because unmet expectations produce emotions. So sometimes what you have to do is you have to bring your expectations down. Watch me. I didn't change, pay attention, my standard. My standard's the same. I just realized my expectations of you can't be there. Does that make sense? All right, so, so that's, that's a hack on how you're able to gain control of your emotions. Because many times when you're getting mad, you're getting angry, you're getting angry because of unmet expectations, but you're expecting it from people who have proven they can't produce it. I mean, you're mad at somebody, they're just lying. But okay, let's ask a question though. When have they ever told the truth? They're just disloyal to me. I can't believe, some of you parents, I can't believe my child would treat me like this. Well, let's just be honest. Isn't that how they were growing up? It got quiet right now. I, I can't believe my friend would do me like this. Friend, is that the right term to call him? That sounds like a lot of responsibility for somebody that only calls you when they need you. I'm just, all right. So this is how you, this is how you stop having negative emotions, is that you realize, wait a minute, I need to set my expectation. And my standard's the same. My standard doesn't change, but my expectation of you has to meet what you can produce. So I can't be mad all day because I'm mad at you. Watch me. Because when God sends your replacement, I'll treat them like how I should have treated. And in the second half of this year, I'm going to tell you, there's some empty seats in your life that God is about to fill right people, right seats, right people, right seats, right people, right seats. If you believe it, shout yes, Lord. He holds back the real thing until you've cycled through counterfeits. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, let me teach this because this deals with emotions, then we got to move. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, um, Samuel, the man of God, comes to Jesse's house. And in Jesse's house, he's saying, hey, I am looking for the next king. The king is in this house. Seven of Jesse's sons cycle before Samuel. And the man of God says, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. Some of y'all will catch the significance of me saying this tonight. Because the seventh month is just about over. God plays the numbers. I said God plays the numbers. Everything about God is strategic. They went through seven. Come on, y'all. They went through seven. January, mm, February, mm, March, mm, April, mm, May, mm, June, mm, July. And after they got to seven, Samuel said, there must be another because this ain't it. This ain't it. And I need some of you to hold on just a little while longer. Because this ain't, God, this is good to me. 
They get to David. And he says, there's one yet, there's one yet that remains, David. He's out in the field. He's tending the sheep. But, it, you know, and since it couldn't be him. He says, bring him here. Watch me. We won't sit down until he's in the room. There's some, ooh, branda bahasha. There's some stuff God's put on hold until you are in the right seat. Until you're in the right place. There's some parties that have been put on hold until you're in the right place, in the right seat. And for those of us that know that this second half is about to be way better than this first half, watch me. July was your last month of counterfeits this year. You ain't got to say nothing to me. The Lord was with the man of God and let none of his words fall to the ground. July was your last month of counterfeits. But come August, that's the month of David. Come August, that's the month of a new beginning. So God sometimes holds back the real thing until you have exhausted counterfeit. Because sometimes you're so desperate to have someone in the seat that you will allow anything that looks close to the fit be in the seat. But that's not going to be the remainder of your story for the remainder of this. I got to move because I can stay right there. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So I just taught you, watch me, you have to modify your expectations. And for some of you, you keep going through counterfeits, and so your expectation, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God, maybe my standard's too high, or maybe you just have to play the numbers. Maybe you don't need to drop the standard. Maybe what you need to do is just let the counterfeit cycle through. And the same God that kept you through one, through two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's going to get you to eight. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. Glad. Choose your emotions. And great. Everything we do, we ought to do it with uh, excellence. Everything we do, our fingerprint of excellence should be there. So I said this to you. We were born or sent to the earth to manifest his kingdom in the earth. Revelation eleven fifteen. The kingdoms of this world, seven of them. See how seven keeps recurring? God is so amazing. Because he just, he hooks stuff together in ways that I just couldn't even think to hook it together. When you're anointed, even your mistakes are anointed. <laughs> Elbow somebody say, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. You thought you accidentally turned down that street, not to only realize that that's the exact street God needed you to turn down. So you see the right thing at the right time at the right The kingdoms of this world, seven of them, arts and entertainment, business, church and spirituality, family, education, government, you're already in one of those. They have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And I've been teaching you, watch me, that we are his Christ. Say, I'm Christ in the earth. Christ is not Jesus' last name, right? All right? Christ is a title. Moshiach in Hebrew, Old Testament, Christos in with a K, Christos uh, in Greek in the New Testament. It is a title, which means the anointed one, his anointed, his anointing. And I said to you that you are anointed. What does that mean? God has added his super to your natural. He's given you a grace. There are certain things you do that make it look easy. And other people, watch me, don't ever be offended. This used to bother me. Don't let it bother you. Never be offended when someone imitates you. Why? Because they can never duplicate you. 
Why can't they duplicate you? Because you can do my actions, but you'll never have my anointing. Oh. You can try to do it like me, baby, but you don't have the oil that goes with it. You don't have the grace to handle it. Fist bump somebody and say, you got oil, baby. You got And I know they ain't going to give you credit, but just know that it's your oil. I know they're not going to say thank you, but just know it was your oil. I know they're going to take what you said and post it like they said it, but it's your oil. I know they're trying to use your thing to build their own following, but that's all right. They ain't got the same oil that you got. <laughs> Have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign, how long? Forever and ever. Now, now, what did I say? He reigns through us. I'm repeating. I'm going to get to something fresh right here, right now. You ready? He reigns through us. And to reign, what have we learned? We must train. And God's training center is, you'll notice it's italicized, the church. Say, I'm in training. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday night, every special event, every webinar, every harvest you, every Bible college, every, everything we do is designed to train you to reign. And when you reign, that means you're prevailing. That means you're getting results. And look at Psalm 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Let's take a look at the word planted. I taught you this verse a few weeks ago. It means to transplant. Pay attention. When I am planted in church, that means I move or transfer my life with effort or upheaval. Let me see if I can make it plain. God says you do not get to just put church in your life. Instead, you transfer your life with effort and upheaval to build it around my church. Watch me. Some of you, here's why you're not seeing results. is because you're not planted. Watch me. You're just a seed that's on the surface. Because you have not transferred with any effort. You have not put any effort into it. You don't listen to the messages. You don't go back. You don't invite nobody. You don't tell nobody about it. You don't study. You won't be on prayer. You won't serve. You won't do anything except say, Lord, bless me. But the Lord says, I have blessed you. The reason you can't reign is because you won't train. But you sit next to somebody that's about to be in the best spiritual shape of their lives. Why? Baby, I'm training. I need you to open your mouth. Shout, I'm training. Shout it again. I'm training. And every Sunday, I get stronger. Every Wednesday, I get stronger. Every Monday, I get stronger. Every Wednesday, I get stronger. Every Sunday, I get stronger. And before you know it, you're going to be lifting stuff you never thought you could lift. You're going to be walking up and watch me. Instead of trying to figure out a demon's name, a demon's going to know your name. There's a lot of spiritual books out there that talk about knowing this demon, knowing that demon, knowing that demon. And I, I understand the, um, the importance of uh, good ecclesiastical study and the importance of spiritual prowess uh, as it relates to the sacred writ. However, what is also equally important to realize is that there are some things you're never going to know its name, but it needs to know your name. See... You see, if you don't have a diagnosis, you don't know what to call it. But that's okay. It knows my name. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You, you may not even know what spirit's coming against you. You may think it's depression when it's really Jezebel. You may not know what's trying to come against you, but that's okay. I don't need to know your name. Baby, you know my name. Which means you're a walking rebuke. When you walk in the hospital, sickness starts leaving. When you walk around certain family folks, they pick up their purse and go. Why? Because I'm a walking rebuke. You can't be in my presence and not change. 
Look, those who are planted, transplant is what the word moves, which means I move or transfer with effort. God says, you got to put some effort into church. It's not just common. Lord, just do it. Lord, just do it. God says, God says, where's the effort? Watch me. Upheaval means that, watch me, that even sometimes something will try to come against you to stop you. But you're not going to prevent me from being planted. Never ever take advice from fruitless people about how to have fruit. Watch me. Unplanted people don't have fruit. The most they could have is fake fruit. And how do I know it's fake? That when it goes time to use it, it's not edible. See, they looked apart, but let them go through a little storm. They fall apart. Why? Because their fruit was fake. Their fruit wasn't real. But your fruit is so real that when you step on the scene, it doesn't matter what you face because you've been trained and you're ready for this. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm ready. He's ready. Let's go. Pay attention to this. They shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is good. I didn't teach you this part. You ready? He says, if you're planted in church, what do we come to church for? We train to reign. So it's not just about, you know, checking it off. Look, Lord, I was good today. No, God says, but you needed that today. You're not coming here for him. You, watch me. You're not coming here for him simply in the sense of like you're doing God a favor. We're not doing God a favor for being online. We're not doing God a favor for being in the building. I'm not doing him a favor from answering yes to the call. You're not, ain't nobody in here doing him a favor. They ain't doing him no favors. Nobody in here is doing him a favor. No, we owe him that. However, but what I get out of it is far greater. So watch this next part. He says, it's a flourish where? In the courts of our God. Watch me. When you're planted, you have preference in his courts. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Notice what the Bible says. Courts. Plural. Which means at least two. Let me explain something to you. A king doesn't sit on the throne all day. If you were to study any monarchy, a king only takes the throne when there is an audience that's been produced that's ready to receive him. This is why the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Inhabits the praises of his people translates this way. He is enthroned by the tehillah or the singing of his people. So one of the reasons I have you say a lot is because, watch me, he doesn't take the throne for you if you don't open your mouth. What happens when a king takes the throne? He does something, watch me, very significant. A king makes decrees from the throne that are then recorded by the scribe. You'll catch it. So when he, we praise him, he sits on the throne. Where is the throne located? In his court. Well, what decision is he making for me? Because before you go to a king, that's what the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts. Two of them still, I'm on number one. Enter his courts with praise. So I come before the king, I bow before the king, I praise the king, I celebrate the king, I honor the king, and then the king says, now what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Y'all are going to catch it in a minute. What's me? And when I'm planted, I have preference when I make my request. Let me see if I can say it another way. When I'm planted, when I pray, I have preference with my prayers. Let me see if I can say it and make it real clean and easy. Your prayers are going to get done before somebody else's prayers are going to get done. Why? Because you're planted. And when you're planted, you get preference. 
He's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. Did you catch that? So, so he says, so he says, okay, so, so you have preference in my court, which means ask me to do something for you and you have preference. But then there's another court, say another court. He's not only called king, he's called judge. If you Wednesday night people, which means, which means, watch me, uh, Satan, can I teach you for a moment since this is Wednesday night live Bible study? Satan is not the devil's name. Did you know that? It's not. Satan is not his name. Devil is not his name. That's a descriptive term. And then Satan is a title. It comes from a Hebrew term, ha-satan, H-A-S-A-T-A-N, which means the adversary. The adversary refers to this. He is a celestial prosecutor. In other words, the reason God is referred to as a judge is because there's a D-A. The reason Jesus is referred to as our counselor, or the Holy Ghost is referred to as our counselor, you'll notice counselor there is the same spelling of a counselor like an attorney. Jesus is known as our advocate, which is the same term you use for a defense attorney. So check it out, check it out, check it out. If I've got preference in his courts, that means the judge is on my side. That means the defense attorney is on my side, which means no matter what the DA is trying to bring against you, God says, I rule in your favor. You may have done everything that they said you did, but the judge is going to say, we don't find them guilty. Why? We find them covered under the... This is why no matter how much the enemy tries to throw your past in your face, God keeps looking back and saying, not guilty, 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 not guilty. You did everything they said you did and more, but you're not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. And the enemy says, Lord, why do you let her get treated so good? Why do you let him get treated so good? They're planted. So they have preference in my courts. This is why... Pay attention. People who should be here call you to pray for them. Why? It's not that they just want back up in the spirit. It's that, that they have to go through the normal process. You, however, have preference in his court. Say, I have preference in his court. That's why other people, can you just pray for so-and-so? Well, can't you pray? It's because they know they don't have preference in his courts. Because they're not planted. When you're planted, you have preference. So you'll present your motion to the Lord. <laughs> you put your little paperwork in. Lord, I make my request. This is my motion. And, and watch me. And God will say, well, the promises of God are yes and amen. I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for. Life and death or in the power of your tongue. And since you're planted, you have preference. So now we understand why the enemy doesn't want people planted. Because then they won't get preference. And who's the enemy in that court? The prosecutor. And since the prosecutor doesn't want you winning your case, this is why Isaiah says, come before me, state your case before the Lord. I'm just trying to teach you that the Bible was teaching the whole time. 
He doesn't want you planted because then, watch me, you will go through struggles you didn't have to. You'll go through fights you didn't have to. You'll go through stuff that you lose your mind over when it, all it was supposed to be was a speed bump. And instead, you got out the car, set the car on fire, drove it off the... And it was never supposed to be all of that. Watch me. Watch me. I just heard the Holy Ghost loud and clear. Don't, don't respond at all if you've not been going through anything. If you've not been going through anything, please don't move. Don't say nothing. Don't clap. Don't shout. Just sit there. Just have Denver face on and don't do nothing. But if you've been going through something, I heard the Holy Ghost loud and clear. He said, son, he said, son starting August, he says, they're about to see just how much preference they have. If you ain't been going through nothing, please don't do nothing. Please don't shout. Please don't give him glory. Please don't praise him. But starting Sunday, you're about to see just how much preference that you've got. Open your mouth. Say, Sunday coming. Say, Sunday coming. Sunday coming. Let's go. <laughs> Sunday. I taught you, you're a history maker, which means you're going to do something that influences history. And I told you at the 1115, just to look back over your life and you will see from your history that you've made history. Because there's people you went to school with that the truth be told, uh, you look at them sometimes and you're like, woo. How is it that you keep getting, watch me, you keep getting older but you're not aging? In fact, you look younger now. Who am I? People look at you talking about, y'all must be sisters talking about you and your daughter. Y'all must be brothers talking about you and your daddy. Why? Why? Because he renews my youth. There, there's people you went to high school with. Facebook. Facebook is God's, watch me. Facebook is one of God's ways of showing you how blessed you are. Why? Because you look at some of them people's lives on Facebook, you're like, I'm so glad I didn't marry you. I'm so glad it didn't work out. I'm so glad we aren't still friends. I need to check the room. Who can thank God for the stuff that didn't happen? Woo! I'm so glad I didn't get caught up with your trifling behind. I'm so glad. Shout, I'm glad about it. You have already made history. When you look back over some of those friends, look back over some of those friendships, look back at who you used to want so bad and now they just so bad. <sighs> Say, I'm a history maker. Come on, y'all sound like an army tonight. I, I like preaching in environments like this. Why, anything could happen in an environment like this. You're already a history maker. And I, and, and I said this, I gave us three, three points on Sunday. To make history, let's build what? It's on the screen. Some of y'all trying to remember. Let's just build the Lord. Come on. <laughs> to make history... 
Let's build what Jesus is building. So watch me. Um, um, what's significant is in Acts 17, 6, I started talking about Paul. And for the first part of our next series, you're going to get a heavy dose of Paul. Um, it's going to be so good for you. I almost want to preach Sunday's message tonight, but it's too late. The graphics are ready, but I'm not ready. <laughs> because it was so good to me. I want you. Can I can we have a conversation? Has the word ever been so good to you that you didn't want to respond with appropriate Christian biblical? <laughs> Come on, Wednesday. Don't do me like that. The word ever been so good you wanted to. Okay. Come on, let's be real. Come on, church. I, come on. Let's be real. I was preparing this word about Paul, and I just, I just, I got up from my table and just said. I said, I can't even finish. I'll just have to do it some other day. I said, I got to go to sleep. This is so good. I'm tired now. I went to sleep. I said, I ain't even finna touch it no more. I, I can't touch it. Listen, listen, Acts 17, 6. The word on the street about Paul was that these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Now, Paul used to kill Christians and then God converted him. Be careful about what you say you'll never be because he'll make you into it just to teach you you never to say never. And he was doing it in the name of the Lord. There are some Christians who are cruel, rude, judgmental, curt, and just ridiculously mannered, and they're doing it in the name of the Lord. They think that God wants them to be evil to people. Somebody say, that's not God. These men who have turned the world upside down, well, what were they doing? They were building the church. Check it out. You make history when you are a builder. Say, I'm a builder. Pay attention. They have come here also. Watch me. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to make history. Let me tell you why they give you more work than your coworker, because you are a history maker. Let me tell you why you're the first black woman to do it. You're a history maker. Let me tell you why you're the first black man to do it. You're a history maker. Let me tell you why you're the first woman to do it. You're a history maker. Let me tell you why you're the first, whatever you are, Hispanic, white, whatever, you are a history maker. Every race, every background, every creed, every socioeconomic status, say, I'm a history maker. You're the first one with no degree to get the job. Everywhere you go, watch me, notice what they said, they've come here. In other words, these history-making people are here now. What are we going to do? Look what it says. Watch me. Look at this next part. They've come here. Look at the last part. Also. In other words, check this out. Check this out. In more than one area, you're supposed to make history. So here's your challenge. You will think, well, God, I've done this and this. And he's like, right, but aren't you in all of this? So, so until you're the history-making one in all of these categories, we got more work to do. You're not done. Say, everywhere I am, in everything I do, I'm a history-maker. Now, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this. And you do that 24-7. You are supposed to make history. We are supposed to make history 24-7.
So for everybody who just wants to chill out and relax and just have Jesus in your heart, bro, can I tell you what happens to that type of Christian? Jesus said, um, he said, um, in that day, many people are going to say, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in their name? And, and watch me. And Jesus says, depart from me. Watch the line. You worker of iniquity. Not sin or transgression. He says, I'm not angry with you because you made mistakes. I'm not angry with you even for those moments you went crazy. I'm angry because you didn't make history. You simply perpetuated history. You didn't make history. Because what's iniquity? It's generational sin that's passed down and around. He said, my anger with you is that you didn't move the bloodline forward. My anger with you is that you didn't be the interruption to the dysfunction. So let me remind you Wednesday night of who you are. You are a curse breaker. You are a history maker. You are a line crosser. You are a boundary breaker. And you're not going to stand in front of the Lord and he send you away and say, I don't know you. You're going to stand in front of him and say, well done. My good and faithful servant. Elbow somebody say, well done, well done, well done. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Now, now listen, Jesus says this, Matthew 16, 18. On this rock, I will build my church. And I've been teaching you that the church is what? It is not a building. It is called out people. So wherever his people are, his church is. And he builds the church. We expand the kingdom. Jesus never said he was going to expand the kingdom. That's our job. That's, that's our job. Somebody said that's our job. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's a promise that, watch me, that hell cannot prevail against his church. But if you're not planted, hell is going to have a playground with you. Why? Because you have nothing to which you are rooted in. That when you stressed out, you can say, you know what? But Sunday coming. To where when you're worried, you can say, but I know I'm going to see some people online and see some people in the building that when I see them, they're going to be talking about, what up, man? They're going to be talking about, shalom, why? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing like it. All this. It's a promise. He says, hell shall not prevail against you. Hades is a Greek word for hell. And at the 1115, I believe, I uh, explained to you the significance that if the Bible is going, taking us from Greek into English, the fact that they kept the Greek word Hades is significant because it should be the word hell because Hades translates into hell. So why did they keep the Greek word and make the rest of it English words? It, it was because there was a significant nuance that needed to be known, which is that Hades here, meaning underworld, means something trying to pull you down. The pull down won't prevail. That's why some of y'all, even today, you were rocking and shaking and shaking and rocking, but the pull down couldn't prevail. Who has seen God stop the pull down in the last seven months of this year? Who has seen, you felt like coming down, but the pull down had to stop because the gates of hell cannot prevail. Say it, the gates of hell cannot prevail. So listen, how do we build? How do we build? Because he's building, we need to build. How do we build? Here it is, Luke 14, 23. Going to the highways and the hedges. That means everywhere. And compel people to come in that my house may be filled. 82% of people said they'd attend church if invited, so invite all. Don't be a spiritual profiler where you're saying, I don't think that person is going to do it. I don't think that person. You do not know. You literally do not know. And don't say, well, Bishop, they never came. You Listen, with, with digital, you have no clue who's who. 
You have no clue who works with you that comes to your church and you just don't know it. You got it? All right, watch me. Now, look at this. Then I said to you on Sunday to make history, devote yourself. Say, I'm devoted. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Four things I want to point out. The apostles' teaching. You cannot devote yourself to just being a social media addict. You've been planted in a place so that you can devote yourself to the teaching of that place and of that man of God. Notice the apostles' teaching, the men of God. They said, the man of God that we've been assigned to, that's what we're devoted to. Question, how many times do you go back and listen to the messengers? If tonight's the only time you're going to hear this word, wow. Got it? Okay, you have got to eat this and you've got to train. Because remember, we train to reign. Which means every time I listen to a word, I'm training. You've been listening to a message. And as you listen to that message, like you're in a, you know, you're in the gym or you or you out in the grocery store, or you in your car or something, and then it hits that minute, and when it, and when it hits you right there, like your response just go. you don't even care what anybody around you thinks. I think I got half my gym saved because I'll bust out in tongues in a minute. I, oh, shit, I'm never hot. And they'll look over at me, and I'm saying, God is good, ain't he, huh? Come over here and get you some of this oil. It's fresh and hot. All right, so watch. They devoted themselves to the teaching. So I encourage you to get our app. Let me make this practical. Let me teach this. Get the app. Go through the messages over and over and over again. The first time you hear it, you only remember 30%. Second thing, fellowship. And fellowship, church people love to fellowship, but most church folk don't fellowship right. For most church folk, their fellowship is nothing but a gossip meeting after church. So you can't fellowship that way. Fellowship comes from a Greek word, koinonia, which means koinonia. No, it means... It means, it literally means, what can you contribute to the church? And it was bigger than money. The church in Acts had the mentality of, we don't go to it, we are it. So at one point, there was a need amongst the church. And you know what the people did? They sold their land, they sold their property, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. Everybody laid it at their feet and said, men of God, do what you need to do with it, make it happen. The Bible goes so far to say that none of them lacked anything. Isn't that amazing? Is that, watch me, in the church, there was not one person that went without. I pray that Harvest is an Acts type of church. I rebuke lack from any of us. I rebuke lack from any of us. There will not be one amongst us that lacks. Somebody shout, no lack. Then, and so ask yourself that question. What can I contribute? Like, what can I bring to the table besides just give me, give me, give me, give me, give me? What can I do to bring something to the table? What can I do to be an asset? Everything we need is in the house, but if you're hiding it in your house and not bringing it in his house... You got gifts, you got talents, you got skills, you got abilities that could be used to build the church. But instead, watch me, if there's no check tied to it. Ooh. All right, say I'm a builder. And, and, and let me just go here, because I've not always been a senior pastor. I thought this way before, before I was a senior pastor. I always said, listen, whatever the house needs, if I got it, the house has it. Period. It was never an issue of, it was, it was, it was, I, I, it was never an issue of whatever it was. I remember one time I got a call about a particular thing. I said, boop, it's done. This is before online giving. This is before text to give and cash out. Right? I said, it's done. Well, I, just, I said, I don't even need to hear any more explanation. I said, it's done. 
I said, it's done. I said, because if I have it and the house needs it, the house has it. So don't judge harvest if you didn't see seed. And it's bigger than money. Some of you have skills, but you say, well, they didn't ask me. Well, if we don't know what you got, if we don't know what you do, if you're a brain surgeon and somebody fall out right here and their brain's spitting all out their head, but nobody asked me to come over. But Everything we need is in the house, both online and on campus. Let's go to this next part, and I got to move because I got to preach. Here we go. To the breaking of bread. This doesn't mean sitting down. Church folk love to break bread. Church folk love to eat. Pastors love to eat. I guarantee you tomorrow night after church, it's going to be a spread. When I'm traveling tomorrow night. Oh, and it's going to be good, too. It's probably going to be chicken, macaroni and cheese, greens, some form of white bread with yeast in it. And because it's going to be after six, I'm going to say, this looks amazing. <laughs> wow. Make me a plate. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. But breaking bread means spiritual food. So when we interact with one another, the scripture says we're supposed to be talking about the word. Here's why sometimes it's difficult to Im implement it and apply it is because we didn't talk about it. The moment y'all get in the car, y'all talking about other stuff. When the scripture says what you're supposed to do is break the bread. So what'd you get out of the message? What'd you get out of the word? How did it speak to you? Parents, do this with your children. What'd you learn in kids today? And I can guarantee you they learn it. They ain't in there just doing coloring sheets. Now, if they did a sheet, that's after they got a word. The same series I'm on in here is the same series kids is in. All right, now granted, they're not going, now actually, shoot, they probably could. Our kids could probably, we could probably walk over there right now, take a camera over there and get a mic to one of our kids and they could probably preach. Matter of fact, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, all right. Now, here we go. And the prayer. So take this out, guys. We have to be devoted to prayer. All right? Prayer on Monday nights. That's the current date. It may change soon. But it's Mondays. It's been Mondays for a while. So guess what? You have to devote yourself to that. And if you're not used to praying for an hour straight, you have to devote yourself to it. I remember when we started doing it, the Lord said, pray for an hour. I said, I hold one. Because I just was doing it casually on Periscope a while ago. And I, I was like, oh, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. And then it became a continual thing. And I said, no, son, I need you to turn prayer into something that, that is for everybody. And what's amazing now, when we talk to people, people say, oh, no, Bishop, I'm on with you every Monday on Command Your Week. Or I listen to it on Uncommon Gospel. Or I do this, or I do that. But you have to be devoted to prayer. Now, what's these four things? The word, koinonia, breaking bread, and the prayer. Say, I'm devoted. I'm devoted. Look at this next part. Praising God. So there's a fifth component here. Praising God. So this is the reason why I, I stir you to praise and I stir you to worship. And for some of you, it may pull you out of your comfort zone, and that's okay. Like we come to worship, not be worship. Why? Because those five components, here's what it gets you. Favor with all the people. Here's what it gets you. Favor with all the people. What does that mean? When I'm devoted, and, and watch me, that's what history makers do. They're devoted. When I'm devoted, one of the things that is a byproduct of my devotion is that I have favor with everybody, which means you can't help but to give me what I want. 
When you walk in the store, they're going to say, you know, we normally don't do this for people. When you go to get the house, you know, we normally don't do this for people. Listen, if you're not convinced about it, go on our app, go on our website and look at the praise reports. Because when you're devoted, you will have favor. Watch me. With all the people, pay attention. Even the people that don't like you still have to favor you. They'll give deference to you and move out of the way for you. Why? Because you've got favor. And what's favor? Favor is preferential treatment. I need you to elbow somebody and say, you've got favor. And the Lord added daily to their number those that were being saved. Let's get these last two in and we're out of here. To make history, here's where we ended on Sunday at the 11.15. I didn't finish it at the 9.15. To make history, if you fall, don't stall. Now, I want you to pay close attention because I need you to get this story Deeply, like deeply. How? Deeply. How deeply? Real deeply. <laughs> like all in your spirit. I need you to be thinking about this t tonight. I need you to wake up in the morning and while you're making your little oatmeal, your little egg sandwich or whatever you do, having your fruit snacks, your Pop-Tarts, your toaster strudel, your frosted flakes your cheerios your banana or your cup of water <laughs> i need you to be thinking about this say if i fall i can't stall acts 14 19 then some of the jews arrived from antioch and iconium and won the crowds to their side so watch me watch me Here's one of the first things that the enemy will do when he's trying to get you to stall. Stall. Pause. Pause. Stop. When a plane stalls, it means it lost its lift. And it will literally fall out of the sky. Now, wait a minute. How are you flying in the sky? Well, it's because the resistance kept me up. When you stall, that normally means that there's not enough wind coming against the wings. <laughs> Some of you, let me tell you, watch me. You need wind because that's what keeps you from stalling. You need opposition. That's what makes you pray like you do. You, you need it. Somebody say, I need it. Then some Jews from Iconium and Antioch, they won the crowds to their side. Check what they did. Paul is there and they were on Paul's side. Then these church people choose. Then these church people, they arrived from Antioch and Iconium. And what did they do? They won them to their side. Pay attention. Anyone that can be won against you. Let me tell you what I stopped fighting for years ago. I don't fight for loyalty. If you ain't, watch me, if you ain't loyal to me, then it's cool. No love lost. What no love there. Elbow somebody said, don't fight for loyalty. Don't fight for loyalty. If you can be one against me, then you were never with me in the first place. That's why the Bible says that they went out among us, uh, that we might know that they were not of us. Because if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium. Let's see if I can say it another way, because I use church people. Then some family folk arrived from Antioch and Iconium. Then some relatives arrived from Antioch and Iconium. Then some friends arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side, which means some people's loyalty, watch me, is on sale. 
This is why they get on the phone and they tell their little sad story and they try to change the history of their life to make it look like it was different than it really was because they're trying to win and purchase the loyalty of those that can be bought. But watch me, you've been through too much hell to be bought that easily. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I am not for sale. I already have an owner and his name is Jesus. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. Well, wait a minute. I thought, watch me, pay attention. I thought they were all building the church. How do you have a side if we're building the same thing? Pay attention. Everybody around you is not with you. How do you have a side if we're building the same thing? Which means evidently you have a motive that's different than mine. Because if we were building the same thing, you wouldn't have a side because you'd be on mine. And for some of you, watch me, watch me. You need to let go of disloyal people. Don't ask them why. It doesn't even matter. I think you better let it go. It looks like another love. All right, we got to move. I got to go. We got to move. We got to move. So watch what happened. So pay attention. Pay attention. Let me have three singers. Let me have three singers. Three singers. Trace Singerios. No, somebody tell me. No, Cantar. Cantaros. Uh-huh. All right. Just three. Trace. Trace. Okay. Y'all face me. So here's what they did. So in this analogy, I'm going to be Paul. So here's what they did. They won the crowds to their side. So when the enemy's trying to get you to fall, he removes your support. So now, watch me. You feel like you're just by yourself. But I need you to hear me. Come on, last night. Don't never be afraid to be back at one. Because if you built this, if you built to this point, you're going to be able to build it again. And when you do it again, you're going to do it bigger and better. Somebody say, I'm not scared of one. Wow. So, so when the enemy's trying to stop you and pay attention, I want you to pay attention to when this happens. When does this happen? In Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14. When does it happen? When does it happen? All right. It happens in Acts chapter 14. That's the middle of Acts. Let me talk over here. This is this middle section. It happens halfway through. Middle section. Why have I been trying to get you to say the second half going to be better than the first half? When did this happen? Halfway through. Watch me. So the enemy wants to get the enemy. Paul's a history maker. So the enemy wants to get Paul to stall. Because he knows if Paul makes it out of there, he's about to turn the world. 
When did they call him that? In Acts 17. When did this happen? In Acts 14. Which means the enemy said, I see something in your future you don't see about yourself. And I'm almost done Wednesday, but I need you to release a praise. Why? That your warfare reveals the enemy knows something about your future that maybe you don't know about yourself. I found him. I found him. I found him. And the Bible says if you find the enemy, he's got to repay seven. There you go again. Seven. Watch. So some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowns to their side. They stoned Paul. Watch me. So they take his support. So it's him. It's just him. There's some of you tonight in this building online where you feel like, Bishop, I'm back at one. There's certain areas you feel like it's just you. Watch me. There's certain stages of your life you felt like I made all this progress. Here you go, and here you go interviewing again. Back at one. You made all this progress, and here you go, got to take a degree again. Back at one. You made all this progress, and here you go, got to get some new friends again. Back at one. So he's back at one. 2020. If y'all don't, <laughs> what did I tell you in January? One thing changes everything. You ready for this? You're the one thing. You're the one thing. You're the one thing. You're the one thing. You're the, it ain't gonna happen around you, baby. You're it. You're it. You're it. No matter what you put me in, no matter what comes against me, shout, I'm the one thing. You waiting on the phone to ring, call yourself. You waiting on the email to come, call yourself. Email yourself, text yourself. Wake up the gladiator that's in you. Wake up the warrior that's in you. Back at one. Back at one. <laughs> Back at one. Back at one. Listen, there's some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium, which means where did Paul's warfare come from? From similar but not the same. This is, who am I talking to tonight? Where when you're looking at what's happened, you're like, this is so similar. But see, they weren't from the same city. They arrived. Come here, come here, come here. It's similar, but it's not the same. Watch me. They won the crowds to their side. Paul is back at one by himself. Then they stone him. Then they, come on, let me, you, you did so good on Sunday. So they're they going to stone you again, but this time fall on your back. Okay, so stone him. Stone him, stone him, on your back. Wow, he spun, my. That, that, that's some type of stoning. Listen, they stoned him. Stoning was a form of punishment that was reserved in scripture for certain types of sin. They treated him like he did something he never did. You got people treating you like you the one wrong when they the one that's wrong. You got people treating you like you did them dirty when they the ones that do. Who am I talking to? 
You got people acting like you a murderer when you're the reason they're still living. If it had not been for you doing what you did, they would have been dragged out somewhere. <laughs> they stoned him, and then they take him out of the town. Drag him. What does this mean? They drag his name. They drag his reputation. See, the stone is the lie, but the drag is they keep talking. The, the, the stone is the initial impact, but the drag is that they won't shut that. And you're like, listen, Lord, I let it go. And the moment you say you let it go, here they come with some more. You say, Lord, I let it go. They come with some more. I let it go. They come with some more. I let it go. They come with some more. They stoned Paul, dragged him out of the town, thinking he was what? Dead. You ready? And I, I said this to you. It's Dr. Luke, a Gentile physician, non-Hebrew physician, he wrote Acts. So he had the ability to discern whether or not Paul was alive or did he? Because sometimes your pulse can be so faint that it may seem like you're dead, but you're not. Paul, he did die. How do you know, Bishop? Because if we were to jaywalk to 2 Chronicles 12 and 2, Paul says, you've heard this part, but pay close attention because I'm about to throw some extra in the pot. Paul speaks about himself in the third person. You've been telling somebody a story, but you didn't want people to know it was you, so you said, I, have some, I, ha I know someone, and you to someone. You ever say, I have a friend, and you to friend? Or you'll say, I heard this, but it was you that said it? Or here's what you said, people are saying, and you to people? Here it is, I gotta go, I gotta quit, I gotta quit. I go, ooh, this is so good to me. Let, let me just stop. Let me just, ha have a good night. <laughs> This is, because this is going to make me, God, I feel like I could run through a troop. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul, talking about himself in the third person, he says, I know a man, um, whether in the body or the spirit, I do not know, but he was called up into the third heaven. The third heaven, let's be a good class and connect dots. The third heaven is where the throne of God is. The th it's where the throne is. Because Paul was planted, Paul had preference. Paul had preference in his course. The third heaven is where the throne of God dwells. Bema is the Greek word. So this is where God's throne is. And he's enthroned on the praises of his people. So when Paul dies, watch me, he lets, pay attention, he lets the city kill him. What has stoned you? So the truth is, it did take you out. The truth is, you started acting different. You started acting like you didn't know who you were. You forgot about the God of your salvation. Let's be honest. So watch me. So Paul, he did that. And what does the Bible say? It's appointed unto man 
to die once, then the judgment, then the bema, the throne room. Be a good church. It's appointed unto men to die once, then he goes before the throne. Before the throne. Where's the throne? In the third heaven. What do you get to before you get to the throne? The courts. What does Paul have when he gets in the courts? Preference. Why? He's planted. He submitted himself to the men of God. They sent him out. He was planted. Check this out. So check out what happens. So God, God, he sees Paul. And, and we know that this happens because later on in the scripture, in Acts chapter 19, I got the scripture references there from my note takers. In Acts chapter 19, some demons, they're called demons. Demons are really, it's just a, it's a Greco-Roman term. It, it, it just represents the, the spirits that were cast out of heaven. So just say evil spirits. Say evil spirits. evil spirits. They knew who Paul was. Seven sons of Sceva are trying to exercise or cast out these evil spirits. And they say, we exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. We, com we command you to come out. The spirits responded and said, pay attention, Paul we know. Jesus we know. Pay attention to the order. They didn't even say Jesus first. Because when you're a history maker, he said he was going to make your name. And when they call your name, you point back to his name and say, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. Let's go. Let's go. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I just got to get this out. Oh. Let me tell you why God didn't stop them from stoning you. Let me tell you why he didn't stop them from lying on you. Why he didn't stop them from being sneaky, betraying, shysters, and skeezers. Let me tell you, let me tell you why he didn't get in their way. Because you, you have history to make. Think about it. They're stoning him. Jesus could have got in the middle. The Holy Ghost could have said, hey, y'all stop all this stoning. Pay attention. He could have just killed them. Read your Bible. People drop dead. New Testament stuff. Like they lied to the men of God and they drop dead. Be careful who you lie to. They, literally, they lied to the men of God about what they sold the house for, and, 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 and they literally dropped dead at Peter's feet. And Peter said, I told you not to lie. Now, you're going to lie too like your husband, and you're going to die too. And they took both of them out and said, all right, what are we eating for dinner tonight? Let's go break bread. <laughs> so it happened, all right? Check this out. Jesus could have stopped it. Somebody said he didn't stop it. He didn't stop. On purpose. <laughs> he could have stopped them from abandoning you. He could have stopped them from making up stuff about you. He, he could do that. But he said no. He said nope. 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 Come here, Paul. Get up, Paul. Paul, get out your body for a moment. Come here, Paul. Come here, Paul. You're in the throne. You're in the throne when we got Paul. Uh, listen. Hey, son. Um, it's not time. Um, Death won't even have you. For those of you who tried to take your life, you're like, why not? It ain't time. We're not even accepting you up here. 
you're not done yet. That car accident can't get you. Coronavirus can't get you. We won't even accept you. Death won't have you. It's not time. But I needed to do something. I got some people I want you to meet. I literally let them stone you to death. Which means on the outside, you look toe up. But on the inside, you just leveled up. You got an authority. If y'all don't shout off for this, I'm leaving right now. What do you have to do to get the oil out of an olive? Crush it. They stoned him. They stoned him. They stoned him to get the oil up off of him. Let's go. Let's go. Say, thank God for my stoning. Paul, I got some people I want you to meet. There's some people I want you to meet. It's, it's, not, it's not time for you to die. So, so this is going to be quick. Because medically, I need to get you back in that body. And since there's no time in the spirit, this has got to move quickly so I can get you back into that body. See, some of you don't even realize because of how you handled your stoning. You're like, oh God, I just made it through another day. But that was all the time God needed to introduce you. I want to introduce you to some spirits. Now, I ain't going to have nobody model this because uh, I don't want to speak this over your life. Give me that mic stand there, won't you? Won't you bring it? I want to introduce you to some spirits. I don't even want to bring up no volunteers for this because I don't, I don't want to call you no evil spirit because I'd hate to have to exercise you. And if you start spinning your head in here, we taking you to the hospital. Listen, you out of here. Uh-uh, I ain't tearing with you all night. I got to go. <laughs> I got a plane to catch. I got to go. I got way in. In 20 minutes, I got to go. Let me introduce you. They did this to you. But I don't even want you to be mad at them. Because, because what if I'm so God that I use them? See, they, they thought they were using you. What they don't even know is I was behind the scenes. I was directing these marks from behind the scenes. I... Watch. I told you, this is why I didn't even want to go here, because I knew I was going to be here for a while. Um, don't even be mad at them. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let it go. Fist bump somebody said, let it go. Because I'm about to give you what they'll never have. Let me introduce you to some evil spirits. That's sickness. Sickness, say hey to Paul. That's depression. Depression, say hey to Paul. That's death. Death, say hey to Paul. I want you to know death. He's conquering you. You'll catch it. You'll catch it. Lack, say hey to Paul. Spiritual warfare, say hey to Barbie. Come on. I'm about to call some of y'all's names. I'm about to call some of y'all's names. I'm about to call some of y'all's names. Family warfare, say hey to Roz. Come on. Come on. I'm about to call some of y'all's names. Uh, listen, listen. Evil distractions, I want you to say hey to Paul. Oh, Jezebel, say hey to Paul. Lily, say hey to Paul.
Say hey. Hey. Everybody in the building say hey. Say hey, Paul. So watch me. So watch what happens. So check this out. So I wanted y'all to meet him. You met him after I used, here y'all move so when I put my hand, just stay, but stay up here though, because I don't want to speak it over you. Life and death in the power of the tongue. So I used some marks. If you don't know it, Google it. I used some marks to, uh, to get you here, Paul. And I just want to do a quick introduction. It's just a quick meet and greet. No, no full meal, no hors d'oeuvres, just a quick meet and greet. When he tells y'all what to do, Obey him. When Jackie say shut up, shut up. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. When Johnny say no more, no more. Y'all. When Bishop Foreman say sat down, you sat down. I, I need you to put your first and last name in the atmosphere in this building and online. One, two, three. When they speak, you better listen. When they pray, you better listen. When Give me my scripture references at the bottom. So watch. So watch. I, I want to introduce you. So you have authority over them. And uh, I needed them to meet you. I needed death to meet you. I needed, I needed, I needed relationship problems. That spirit, I needed that to meet you. So that way, if you run into them in the future, you look at them and say, I ain't never scared. I ain't never scared. Watch me. Let me come down your road. I need you to meet domestic violence. I need you to meet that spirit because you're going to have the ability to shut that down in the spirit. I, I need you to meet dead be dad spirit so that you can be the interruption in that. I need you to meet loose woman spirit, promiscuity. I need you to meet that. I need all these spirits to meet you, Paul. But watch me, because when you tell him what to do, everybody listen, everybody listen, all these spirits, y'all listen spirits? When he speaks, you obey him. All right, Paul, thanks so much. Appreciate you, love you, you're doing a great job. Hey, listen, nothing's wrong just because you got stoned. Oh, and by the way, you've been rebuking the devil. Hey, he has nothing to do with this. I put a wall of fire around you. Satan ain't been messing with you in years. This been me and you. This been me and you. This been me and you. Can I finish it Wednesday? So that's why your rebukes aren't working. Because you can't rebuke me. So stop all that. I got a hedge of fire around you. I'm, watch me. For everybody in my voice, I'm going to put it around you on Friday, July 30th, 2021. So, so hey, Paul, I'm going to send you back. Now, when you get back in the natural, you're going to go back to where you were. So this is a marvelous, right? That's what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, too. This is marvelous. The Bible says he saw so many things he couldn't even utter out of his mouth. This is marvelous, right? I know. I know. I know, right? right? I, mean, I know. It's pretty good up here, right? I mean, it's amazing. Look, all these angels and the warring angels over there, they about to go to war. See, what they finna do is them marks that are messing with you, I'm finna loose them on them. I just wanted to make the introductions first. Bishop, how do you know that's what happened? You, know, you don't even know the names of the people. Why? Because God blotted them out. You better hear me. 
the people that have come against you and the things that have risen against you, I prophesied, God's about to blot their name out. He's about, you can sit there like that if you want to. He's about to blot their very existence. It'll be as if they never walked the earth. Ooh, I feel real. Watch. So, now I'm going to send you back. I'm going to send you back. But when you go back, you have an anointing because you survived a stone and they crushed the olive. Now you have authority because I just introduced you to all of these spirits. And I am the God of all spirits. They are subject to me. You got it? There's no war with me and them. I tell them what to do. That's why when you're saved, watch me, watch me, watch me. A spirit may attach to you, but you have to invite it in to be filled with it. It can't possess you when you're saved. Why? Because you have to invite the door in because you have authority over them. That's too deep for a Wednesday night. We'll teach it some other time. So watch. I'm going to send you back. And when I say action, when I say action, when I say action, you're going to go back to where you were. Listen, it's going to hurt. Because you're coming up in the spirit on Wednesday night. And when you walk out of here and you go back to it, the pain of it may still be there. But what's different, but what's different is the introduction I just made. You may go back into a painful situation, but what's different is the introduction that I just made. So I'm going to say, when I say action, you go back to, you go back to the ground where you were. They're going to be standing right there looking at you stone right there. And they got you outside the city. You ready? Okay. So when I say action, I'm going to send you back. This is happening. Halfway through the book of Acts. And the second half. And the second half is going to be way better than the first half. Y'all, I got to go. But I just need you to open up your mouth and say, and my second half will be greater than my first half. Okay, you ready? Everybody, action. And now here they talking. We got him. He ain't going to do nothing. Uh-huh. Tell my heat a man of God. We won. We got him. We got him. We got him. Uh-huh. What the Bible says, give me three more singers. Three more singers come quickly. But the Bible says that some believers got around him. This is why you need to be online or on campus. This is why I have you talk to your role. This is why I have you talk to your neighbor. This is why I have you chat. And those believers said, wait a minute. And men shall clap their hands. And those believers said, we speak life. You shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord and then the Bible says that Paul got up elbow somebody say get up elbow somebody else say get up say right now stop 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 you would think Paul would say I'm getting out of this city I want you to tell me, I want you to, I, I want to tell you rather what a G does. And you a G in the spirit. 
Say, I'm a G in the spirit. Paul said, <laughs> while, while a regular, while, <laughs> while a square might go somewhere else, you are G in the spirit. You are anointed and you have authority. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. Go back in the city. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Go back in the city. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, don't be so quick to run. Uh-uh, rebuke your run. Because I'm about to let these marks see you. Well, look at their face. Didn't we kill him? You thought you had me. Didn't we take her up? You thought you had me. Didn't we make them get depressed? You thought you had me. But I need somebody in this building to holler, but God. Watch me. God says, I, I don't need you to... I don't need you to quit yet. I don't need you to give up yet. I don't need you to run out yet. Because I need who stoned you to see you. Because they left you down there. They're about to see you walk. 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 Stop. Look at the screen. I got to go. See, I wasn't even going to put this in the message because I knew what was going to happen. Because this way I just went to sleep. It was so good. Look what it says. And the next day, he left. Wouldn't it be a good time to stall? A good time to recoup? A good time to regroup? Paul said, I ain't done. Y'all thought y'all was going to stop me. Denver, you thought you were going to stop me? You thought you were going to get me to give up my assignment and throw in the towel? There's another place that's... He left with who? Barnabas. Pay attention to Barnabas' names. A son of exhortation. That means speak life. A son of consolation. That means give you comfort. And a son of the prophet. What is a son of the prophet? What does a prophet produce? A prophet produces prophecies. A prophecies is the son of a prophet. So what did he leave with? A prophetic word. Don't miss Friday Night Fire. Don't miss Friday Night Fire. Don't miss Friday Night Fire. You're going to get a word. You're going to get your Barnabas. You're going to get exhortation, consolation, and prophecy. Where did they leave for? Derby. Say Derby. It's on the screen. Not Kentucky Derby, but Derby. All right? All right? For those of you who perhaps you want to pronounce it in a perhaps more bourgeois way, Derb. Watch what this means. Pay attention. A narrow entrance. A narrow gate. Watch me. A limited amount of time. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. You survived the stoning. God, let the marks that stones you see you. And I take that off of y'all in Jesus' name. There's no life and death in the power of the tongue. I'm telling you. Even when you're joking, you need to take it up out the atmosphere. The Bible says men shall give account for every idle word that they speak. Pay attention and we're done. Pay attention when they're done. He had a narrow amount of time. 
to make the right move. To make the right decision. Because, 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 watch me, the decision he made at what happened halfway through the book of Acts. narrow gate, a narrow entrance, a narrow piece of time. Watch what happened. We're done. Second Corinthians 12, 2, go to my references. He's introduced to those spirits. Acts 19, Acts 19, the spirits say, Paul we know. We remember him from the introduction. We have to obey Paul. We don't have to obey you. Why do we have to obey Paul? He survived the stoning. He survived death. He survived being drugged in the city. And even while being drugged in the city, he went back to the city, the solar city. I got you. Announcement. Hey, Denver. What up, though? That's between me and the Lord. In Acts 20, a young man named Eutychus falls out of the window and dies. What did Paul beat? Death. So while they're saying, oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, Jesus. Paul walks up. Give me a Eutychus. Give me a, give me a, a short young man. Give me a short young man. Come here, son. White hat. Come on. Come on. You're going to be my Eutychus. I, I, need you to, I need you to fall out the window and play dead. <laughs> All right, play dead, son. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't this look familiar? <laughs> but you now don't look at this the same way. <laughs> Similar, not to say, because you have authority over this now. So Paul walks up to Eutychus, everybody else crying. Paul said, get up, get up, get up, get up. In the name of Jesus, live. Why? Because even death has to obey him now. You got so much authority, you're about to start using that things are going to start lining up because you're going to take authority. Open your mouth and worship God for five seconds because you've got authority. Go, five, go. Wow. Wow. I got to go. I got to go. Thank you, son. In Acts 28, Paul's on his way. Where's Paul headed? Rome. Rome was the center of the kingdom, the Roman kingdom, the Roman empire. Rome was the center of all seven kingdoms, arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government. If you got to Rome, you changed the empire. Listen to me, and I know I'm way over time, but you pulled it, so take it out your time. What's me? What's me? What's me? Your current warfare has zero to do with what you're currently doing. It looked at your December and came to your January, February, March, April, May, June, July. He said, if we can get him in 14, he's done. So in Acts 28, he's on his way to Rome. He's shipwrecked again. He was shipwrecked three times. 
You read about one. He's shipwrecked. They're on the island. Viper bites him. Viper bites his hand. Paul shakes it off. Paul's like, wait a minute. Do you really think that a snake is going to be the reason? I've already beat death. Do you think I'm going to let your lion skis and have trifling? Mm. You think you finna be what stops me? He walks over to the fire and says, let me set you on. Why? Can I go here? Because the Bible says that fire is a spirit. It's too deep. And Paul was introduced to all spirits. So the reason Paul wasn't afraid of the fire and he walked over to the fire and puts the snake in the fire is because Paul says, I have control over the fire. You're about to tell your enemies just how far they can go. You're about to tell your obstacles just how far they can go. We got to close. We got to close. Look, look. All of this happened to Paul halfway through Acts. Because the second half of the book was better. Wendy Hill Uticus, second half. When he beat the viper, second half. When his handkerchief started healing people, second half. When was Peter Nim shadow healing people, second half. When did they do their greatest work, second half. When did he preach the gospel to Asia in two years and three months, second half. When did he make it to Rome, the second half. So here's my question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to start building what Jesus is building? What are you waiting for to be devoted? What are you waiting for that when you fall, don't stall? Paul only got that authority because he was planted. You want that type of power, but that type of power comes from being planted. Here's the scripture. It's on the screen. It says, only now I'm making them happen. I'm closing this. Thank all this. Only now I'm making them happen. Gracias. Thank you, Singarios. <laughs> it's Southern Spanish. Cantars, Memphis Spanish. <laughs> I was preaching on Saturday somewhere, and a, and a lady shouted out, ain't it, man? I said, wait a minute, is Memphis in the house? Look, only now I'm making them take place. Nothing like this took place in the past. Say, the second half of this year, year. will not mirror Anything, Anything I've seen before. <laughs> Wednesday, we got to go. Say, it's going to be way better than the first half. I need everybody on your feet. I'm way over time, so I just need you to worship God for 10 seconds right there. Go. 10. I got to move. I'm way over time. If you came in late and you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. If you want to sow to seal, what does that mean? If the word spoke life to you, I want you to get that ready. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. I had to put the brakes on because I could have gone all the way up in the spirit. 
Some of you need to pull a paw. And you're going to need to look in the mirror. Some of you need to do it right after, you, right after church is over. You need to go in the bathroom. And you need to look at yourself in the mirror. Because there's some things that stoned you where the stones came from in you. And you need to say you have authority and you're anointed. Some of you, when you're in your car, you need to look in that rearview mirror. There's three of you. You're driving right now. Don't pick up that phone. Just listen to my voice. You need to look into that rearview mirror. I say you're still here. If you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, wherever you're at, on the count of three, in this building or online, in the building, raise your hand online, do the hand wave emoji, say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where you're at. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure wherever you're at. I'm going to move fast because I'm over time. Pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. I won't wait to build what you're building. I won't wait to be devoted. If I fall, I will not stall. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, take out your phone, send that text, or take out your phone, do the QR code reader. We want to shoot your text right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle, not just a hobby. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.